before they got divorced, they got separated at least two or three times uh, mm. that I can remember where my dad will probably leave for like two months, three months out of the house or even just he was probably just living on a separate room in the house. And I mean, that was a little bit sad as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing your parents not getting along very well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I just, I was tired. I was tired of the conflict. I was tired of tension, fights. That was Chris Vega for you. And this is Listen, Learn, Leverage, the podcast focusing on and sharing the human side of some of the best coaches and practitioners in the industry. And I am Ankur Bhattacharji, or Fractal Biomechanics as you know me, and I welcome you all to this podcast. Hey Chris, welcome to Listen, Learn, Leverage. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. So, Chris, before we start the podcast, if you could introduce yourself to the people who do not know you yet. Yeah, so my name is Chris Vega. I'm a performance coach in Austin, Texas. Currently, I'm working at Evolve Health and Performance with Aaron Davis, Pat Estes, Brian Kozak, and Brianna Larson. Um, what else? I, I don't know what I, I don't talk about myself too much, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry for about what six years now started as a personal training uh, personal trainer and then uh, I joined a group of exercise physiologists back in Georgetown a few years ago and later I was given the opportunity to come over and start working for Evolve and it's been a huge blessing for me uh, since I started learning from these guys awesome man awesome so we guys know each other for quite some time now and I know that you're actually not from USA. You actually uh, are from Costa Rica. So if you could throw some light on that journey of yours from Costa Rica to USA. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Costa Rica, of course. Um, my family moved to the US when I was 17. So that was pretty much my last year of high school. Uh, so I came over to the US. I went to my senior year in, in Belton, Texas, which was uh, a really interesting experience, very, very different. I guess my uh, my stepdad's uh, idea, he's, he's American, so his idea was to brought us over to learn a different culture, a different language. And uh, at, at the beginning, we just wanted to stay here for a year, but man, it's been almost 10 years now. So <laughs> uh, we just decided to stay. Uh, we love the place, we love the people. And yeah, I mean, we, we found a life here. If you could uh, tell the listeners or even enlighten me regarding what are the pros and cons of living in USA and living in Costa Rica? Like, what do you feel the flaws are in each of the country and what are the positives in each of the countries? (laughs) That's a great question. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to compare because each place is so different and I love things about each place that are completely different. Costa Rica, of course, I have my whole family. I'm very used to the culture. I I can go anywhere. I know what they want to say. I I know how they say it. Hmm. I can relate very easily. 
uh, of course, the uh, language part is a huge component. It's so much easier to communicate in Spanish. Uh, I mean, even though I'm doing okay in English, but uh, it's so much easier. You just you can express yourself in a different way, and that makes it so much more simple to me. Now, education is great as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't complain about it, about that at all because they have really great education systems. Uh, education is even free in some places, some universities. So mm. that's a huge plus. Um, what else? I mean, the, we, we have great, beautiful places to go and visit. We, uh, the beach, the mountains, everything is beautiful. Here in the States, it's just a little bit different. Um, well, I, I don't know if you know a little bit about Texas, but at least the part where I, where I am at right now, it's pretty flat. <laughs> so... There is not really hmm. no mountains or anything like that. Plains, but um, plains. Yeah, it's pretty plain. Um, and then we have different seasons. You know, it gets pretty pretty warm in the summer, hmm. uh, which is something completely different for me. But culture-wise and everything, it, it was a little bit of a shock when hmm. I came over from Costa Rica, because. I was very sensitive. <laughs> I was very sensitive to how people said things. Like I could get offended pretty hmm. easily. Hmm. And I don't know, for some reason, we just take it too hard. If, if you're a little bit direct with us, uh, Costa Ricans. And so if someone was like very straightforward with me, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a little bit of a shock. The other thing I really noticed is that people love to keep eye contact here in the States for some reason. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like looking at you right in the eyes. I'm like, oh, man, that's scary. Mm. We usually don't do that. Uh, but it's just little, little things like that, of course. Communication, I think, is a huge factor. Uh, language, I mean, I struggle a, hu- uh, a, a big time with English back then. Uh, my first job actually was a, as a pizza delivery guy at Pizza Hut. And I had to take orders on the phone. I will mess them up all the time. Like people will complain because they had this guy who couldn't understand very well taking orders. And yeah, I, I messed it. I messed the, the orders a lot. <laughs> so it, it took me a few years to really feel confident uh, mm. to like express and communicate myself in English. Mm. But mm. Uh, man, it's been worth it. Yeah. Uh, even one of my biggest struggles, I guess, at that time, uh, I told you that I was studying to become a pilot at some mm. point. And I put it on pause just because I couldn't understand people on, on that um, on the control on the on the radio pretty much hmm. and i needed to listen and repeat what they were saying to me and i couldn't do it and it, it got so frustrating that i had to put it on pause and move on from that industry hmm. into this one yeah, yeah. so I, I i can understand because eye contact is usually in animal language it's like animal world it is like threatening someone eye contact is like threatening I, i can understand like culture wise things can be pretty different like you get, go to somewhere the language is different the uh, internal jokes are different everything the internal references are different so you and another fellow costa rican you could joke a very internal joke which the uh, guy near you won't be able to understand so this happens sometimes you feel left out sometimes you feel you do not you are not fitting in there like 
I, I can understand it's like way out of your comfort zone, but then you have done it pretty well with time. Everything settles down. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes time. It just takes uh, getting used to the culture. Hmm. Uh, I think this last week, uh, one of my uh, mentors, Pat, he was making fun of me because it was probably the first time in like a year and a half that I made a joke and he was almost dying laughing. <laughs> he was like, Chris, it took you like a year and a half to get a joke but uh i mean it's just it's just how it is i guess you just need to feel comfortable at some point yeah Yeah. so uh, we talked about this that being a personal trainer was not even in the wildest of your dreams like you have not you had not even thought of becoming that but today you are in evolve working in evolve so how did that transition happen from someone who went on to study aviation and then ended up becoming a personal trainer yeah, I love I love that question, man. Uh, it's huge. So yeah, I mean, back in Costa Rica, and I think I was listening to your podcast with uh, Dr. Boland yesterday. Michelle Boland, yeah, and yeah, and she, you, you kind of asked something similar. Where back in Costa Rica, I mean, I was doing pretty well on my grades. I mean, I was I was very competitive on that. So I wanted to be, you know, mm. my my top class and everything. But the expectation always on my family, or hmm. at least that's what my perception was of it, was to become a doctor in medicine, <laughs> uh, be a lawyer, or be an engineer, or maybe do businesses, right? Yeah. And so that was pretty much my options. <laughs> and so even on my last year back there in Costa Rica, I, I did the tests to go into university, and I got accepted into mechatronic engineering, which mm. was pretty, pretty exciting. Mm. Uh, that's probably what I was going to go and study down there if, you know, if I didn't come here to the States. But those were my options. Like e- everything related to exercise is very different down there. It's like mm. you either become a PE teacher at high school or school, mm. but within the high school or schools, they don't have sport teams. So like really it's just like teaching kids how to move and that's yeah. it. Let yeah. let them play soccer and yeah. <laughs> or you could be a personal trainer at a gym, but that's that's it. Like your options are very limited. Huh. Like the distinction between a personal trainer and a physical therapist is huge and they don't overlap, at least yeah. for what I've seen uh even up to this point. It's mm. very, very different. They're completely opposite. Uh there is not like there is no gray area even. So yeah, I mean, fitness is just fitness is bodybuilding mm. is just get stronger. Yeah. How yeah. you look. Yeah. And that's the perception I, I have. I might, I might be wrong, honestly, but it, it, it's kind of what it looks like. Uh, and even my friends, when I talk to them and it's like, Hey man, are you going to the gym? Are you working out? They mm. are hesitant to go to the gym because they feel judged because they don't feel secure to go to a place where they feel like everybody's just trying to show off, hmm. right? Hmm. Uh, try to build a huge body or lift <laughs> a lot of weights. And that's the perception they have. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to the topic. <laughs> so that was never, that was not on my mind. I, I loved exercise. I practiced different sports since I was a kid. I just never thought that was going to be uh, my career path. And so after I decided to drop out from aviation, hmm. I started working as a receptionist at the local gym. 
uh, at the university, right? Because mm. I was still taking my general classes. Mm. And what happened is I became friends with everybody and I started working out. And people started to notice that, you know, I was putting some mass and I was doing exercises. So they will come over up to me and they will start asking questions about, hey, Chris, how do you use this machine? How do you do that exercise? And I just started explaining uh, and like even giving free personal training sessions because mm. we didn't have personal trainers at the gym. Mm. And it, yeah, I mean, it was completely free, but it was a huge experience for me because I was like, wow, I really like this. I, I, I will do it for free. I, I enjoy teaching people how to move, how to be a better version of themselves. And like, just like understanding what was going through their minds and like why they wanted to change or why they wanted to exercise hmm. was a huge component to me, like the, 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 the psychological part of it, right? Yes. And that's when everything started. So I went and got certified as a personal trainer. Hmm. And that's where the journey began. Later on, I decided that uh, just being certified was not enough for me, and I wanted to get more in debt. In debt, so I went to college. I got my degree in exercise physiology and human performance. Mm. And then I also discovered that there is much more to learn than what you're taught in school. Yeah, and that was a very humbling experience. <laughs> I got to admit. And so now I've been just dedicating my, my time to learning from great mentors and like seeking out information, talking to different people so that I can learn more and more. Hmm. Correct. What was the hardest thing about aviation and what was the best thing about aviation? So why did you actually live it like in depth? You have to talked about it, but if you could elaborate on that, I think the work wasn't that hard for you it's just the language that created hurdles right yeah yeah i mean i i loved i i still do i still love the feeling of being up in the air <laughs> everything's calm yes it's just like you on a small airplane yeah. floating through the sky you know it's it's a beautiful feeling uh and i think people who do it often are very lucky and eventually i think i might go back and and try to get my license just to do it as as a hobby per se hmm. but uh, I think that I also realized that I wanted more in my career and again I'm not saying that one thing is better, better than the other I'm just saying like hmm. for me that was the case I, I wanted to like be more involved in something where I, f I felt like I could grow right because as a pilot of course like I could become a commercial pilot but that would be it right but what happened if in, the, in this case, in this industry, what if you can make an impact on, on people's mm. life in a different way or just teach other professionals at some point, like just guide them into a different direction or like show them something different that can help them help other people? I think that's, that's huge for me. And so just that opportunity of being able to grow. Uh, and I think grow is, is very important for me anyways in, in any aspect. Growth. Okay. Yeah, correct. And the biggest hurdle in aviation. I'm sorry. Like that language barrier. Like, if you could describe some incidents regarding that language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess the the biggest one, the the one that is really stuck with me. I was flying. Uh, it was an overnight flight coming from Kilin, which is not that far away. It's like 30 minutes. Hmm. Well, no, 
maybe like an hour from Austin. Um, so I was flying from Killeen over to Austin Bernstrom and we were about to land. I was with my instructor right next to me, but uh, we heard on the radio, this guy from, I don't know, I, I think he was from, from uh, China Airlines or something, uh, Chinese Airlines. And uh, he was talking on the radio, but nobody understood the guy, right? So all the, all the pilots were nervous because they were like, where is this guy? We don't see him, you know, and it's a huge airplane. And yeah, so that is stuck on my mind. I was like, wow, it's very dangerous if <laughs> yeah. people don't understand me and I don't understand them <laughs> and like try to land an airplane with so many passengers. Uh, not not only your airplane, but everybody's, you know, air, all, all the other people that are up on the air too, mm. as well. But uh, yeah, so that that stuck in my mind, and that was the moment when I realized that I should probably wait, put it mm. on hold, mm. and practice my my English a little bit more before trying that again. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, how did you convince uh, your family regarding? your career choice because as you said everyone wants their uh, kids to be like doctor lawyers or mba or engineering how did you convince yeah well that's yeah so at the beginning when i was when i wanted to be a pilot mm. i already had a lot of opposition because mm. like they thought <laughs> it was risky dangerous uh something bad could happen to me but I think my my parents, they were very supportive on that aspect. It was more like my extended family that was having an issue with it. So being far away in a different country, you know, hmm. so, so, so far, they didn't really knew that what was going on. Hmm. So I kind of had that opportunity to change careers without them really having a say on it. And that helped, actually. Uh, that was... That was a huge component because otherwise I could probably have felt the pressure of choosing uh, the other career paths that we were talking about before. Hmm. But my, my parents were very supportive when I started working out. I, I got into CrossFit. I got into even Olympic weightlifting hmm. and I loved it. And they helped me to, play, to pay for their classes and everything so I could learn from really great coaches. And yeah, that's how I got in love and that's why I decided to become what I do now. Yeah, yeah. correct. And how how did you uh, arrive at Evolve? How did you become an employee here? Your entire journey of getting into Evolve, if you could share that. Yeah. So before that, I was working pretty much full time with another team of exercise physiologists. And at the time, I was also studying full time to finish my bachelor's degree. And I was required to do an internship uh, at a different place. And so I went over to my professor and I told him, I told him what I was doing already. And I was like, hey, uh, I wanna do the internship, but I wanna do something that really challenges me. Hmm. Cause like I have this belief system right now, hmm. but what if I'm wrong? I, I want something that challenge, yeah. that it's gonna be like, a slap on my face <laughs> regarding what I know. Yes. And he was like, oh, I know the right place. <laughs> and so he suggested that I should probably go and meet Aaron and Pat, which at the time, I mean, Austin was pretty far away from my university. I had to drive 
one hour, one hour and 20 sometimes just to get to evolve. And like, even though it doesn't sound like a lot of time, if you're in Texas, you know, that's a huge, huge distance because you're like driving 70 miles per hour or so. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a lot of driving for sure at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I came over, I had my interview with uh, Aaron, Pat and and Brian at that Mm -hmm. time. And it was very eye opening because I was like, like my, my experience before that was a lot of FMS, uh, <laughs> testing movement, corrective exercise, more like on the NASA kind of side. Mm-hmm. And I thought I knew a lot. I, I thought I knew everything, right? Which is never good. Yeah. <laughs> so I came over, I, I had this security on me. I was like, yeah, yeah, thoracic extension mm-hmm. and like uh, testing mobility. And, and then mm-hmm. Aaron came back to me and he was like, yeah, but you're talking about thoracic extension. That's like 20 years ago. He was like, you have to start looking at ribcage, ribcage positioning and this and that. And I was like, what is this guy saying? <laughs> and then he started talking more and more about the, this concept. And I was like, wow, I, will, I'll, I need to read into this because I, I wasn't aware of it. And I knew I wasn't getting the results that I wanted from my old belief system. Hmm. So I was like, I think there is something else out there. I just don't know what it is yet. And when Aaron started talking, I was like, wow, I need to come to this place. And so my internship wasn't supposed to start until, I don't know, six months later. I was just like really ahead of of myself. Back then I was just going crazy, trying to look for a good place to go. Hmm. And I was like, hey, I can start coming as soon as you guys want me to. I I don't care. I just want to learn from you guys. Hmm. And funny part though is that they didn't call me for like two months and i thought i really blew it i was like no these guys probably hate me hated me (laughs) (laughs) they think they probably think i don't know anything which uh, yeah probably so but at the end of the day they called me like two months after uh i mean the pandemic was going on so i think that was one of the reasons or at least that's what i want to believe and they called me they were like hey you want to start coming in in shallow and i was like yeah for sure and so i started coming um first once a week for like eight hours and then when my internship actually began i was there for like 20 30 hours a week for like Mm. six months just learning absorbing taking notes writing reports for internship looking at their seminars uh playing with the technology they had and just like absorbing everything i could and and of course as an intern you also had this um responsibilities like making sure everything is in order so I I made sure that I was cleaning uh, that I was taking care of the gym gym floor everything the clients even uh, in different ways not not on training but like just making sure I was giving them a good customer service like just saying hi and say that was very important and I I think they saw that and they liked it so at the end of the six months they decided that they wanted to keep me and they gave me the opportunity to come over and start working for them. Um, yeah, pretty much at the beginning of the year. So now it's been pretty much one year and a half since mm. I started the journey with them. If you're the smartest guy in the room, change the room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I love, I love everything that I've learned up to this point. Um, I told them both, uh, especially to Aaron and Pat, I was like, man, when I started coming here, I was feeling indigestion every single day. I was feeling so uncomfortable. I wanted to vomit 
Mm -hmm. I was like, it was challenging everything that I knew. Like, I felt so insecure. I felt mm. like I didn't know anything anymore. Yes. And so that that actually got me a little bit bad because I was starting to doubt on myself a lot. Mm. And so even though I was coming to Evolve um, as an intern, I still had my other job mm. and I was still training clients. Mm. So now I was getting on my head. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> is this going to get them results or should I be implementing something that I'm learning? Mm. And so all, all that was going on in my mind at that time. But um, it's, be, it's been getting better and better, of course. Yes, uh, as, I, as I can relate I to that journey. I can. Re- so for your like physiology stuff, for me, it's the biomechanics stuff, which I'm learning, like the PRI stuff, Bill Hartman stuff. Every day, the more complexity you get to know, and you're like, whatever did I did till now, was it correct? Like you start doubting yourself. Like, was I doing yeah. everything correct or was I doing something wrong? But then I, when I interact with a lot of other coaches and they're like, okay, we are sailing on the same boat. It is meant to be this way. You cannot change it. You will not figure it out, at least in the initial phase. You, you will doubt yourself, but that's how it should be. As long as it is a safe to fail experiment, clients getting better and they're not feeling hurt or disappointed. It's fine. Keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, that's 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 true. Even after I met with Aaron and Pat for the first time and, and Brian, for the first time, I was like, what are these guys talking about? So hmm. I went online, I Google ribcage compression expansion. First guy who came over was <laughs> Bill Hartman. I'm like, okay, let's let's look at this guy. Uh, he's he's got a bunch of videos. So I started watching and every every single thing he was talking, it was way over my head. I'm like <laughs> What is this? I don't understand. I mean, I feel like I was like, like you said, pretty much uh, having breakfast with Bill Harman, yeah. having lunch with <laughs> Bill Harman, having dinner with Bill, with Bill Harman, and then I started looking at Zach Couples too, uh, his videos online, and like just trying to make sense of what they were yeah. trying to explain. And of course, I mean, uh, we were watching videos like I was watching at the most recent videos. So I didn't understand very well what terminology they were using mm-hmm. from before. So it took me a while to catch up. But by the time I, I started coming to Evolve, I already had an idea of what mm-hmm. they meant with a wide ISA, a narrow ISA, the rib cage positioning, this and that. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to get some of it, but really just watching Aaron, Pat, and, and Bree applying those concepts with clients mm. is what really helped me a lot. And uh, having mentors, having mentors is a huge component because uh, sometimes you see videos in YouTube and everything, but it's not the same. Sometimes <laughs> you need somebody to help you walk through it and like understand why and what people are saying. And if, watching, if watching videos was the solution, coaching industry wouldn't exist. Yeah, for sure. That's true. It- the, co- the coaches don't understand like PRI build stuff deeply. Imagine what someone outside uh, from this field would understand. Won't understand uh-huh. everything, would miss the nuances and stuff. And then they're like, okay, this drill doesn't work. This doesn't work. No, how you have done the drill matters. So yeah. that's the thing. That's like cool. there's so many nuances to that. And like you said, <laughs> same for me for the past one year, watch bill. Read bill, eat bill, <laughs> sleep bill, <laughs> everything bill, yeah. bill, bill. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, 
just, just trying to make sense of everything he was saying, which is awesome. He he's a huge, uh, great professional. Uh, yeah. Really look forward up to him. Um, but man, it's it's just crazy. And and the best part is, you know, you know, the best part is you watch a video of us today. Watch it two months later, and you it will make more sense when you watch it the same video two months later. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And so I think also, uh, especially in our case, young coaches, right? Like starting to learn all this new information and everything. It's uh, to also be compassionate about about ourselves in the sense that it's hard sometimes, but we cannot compare the beginning of our career to the experience that somebody else has for many, 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 many years. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course, like, Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew what Bill Harmon knows, <laughs> but I don't have, I don't have, like he has been in the industry for so many years, right? And we're just like getting in there, right? Trying to learn everything we can. Yeah. But I think the beauty of having people to teach you and to have mentors is that you can take all these combined experience, like say Evolve, for example, hmm. uh, Aaron, Pat, Brian, their combined experience, I don't know, maybe 50 years or so. And they're giving all this knowledge now to me and I'm going to try to master it within one, two years or, you know, maybe mm. more than that. That's okay. Uh, it's, it's not a competition, but like, just like, like to have an idea that at some point I'm going to have all this knowledge that they are passing on to me so that now I can build from it and, you know, keep advancing the, the, the field and hopefully yes. bring something new to it. in a Cycle of life. Yeah. Cycle of life. And so I'm I'm very appreciative of everybody who's who is in our in, in my life in this case, yeah. and that has uh, taught me something because that's that's huge. For sure, like uh, if like people like Bill, they have been through, they have done so many mistakes, and they and that is why the model that we have today. So there's a line. The uh, it goes something like not the exact line, but the the veteran has made mist- has made more mistakes than the newbie has ever tried. Mm-hmm. So they, like, let's do this exercise this way. Okay, supinated, palms supinated. Okay, palms pronated. Let's see what happens. Like everything that combines and then you come up with this. Okay, this works on, on a good sample size. Okay, this is what is happening. So we cannot just replace it as a newbie and okay, everything on our laps falling onto our laps and we are just experts doesn't happen. You have to live through it. The process oriented mindset rather than the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to make mistakes at some point. Uh, I think even Pat, he loves this, but he's like, man, you're going to fail and that's okay. Hmm. We're going to be here to help you out, but you got to fail to learn. And pretty much sometimes at the beginning as an intern, he will set me up for failure most of the time <laughs> i hated it but i learned so much from it and now i laugh about it of course but back back then i was like oh gosh this is so hard and like again feeling that indigestion on my stomach mm. and like just that sense of being uncomfortable but sometimes those are the situations that actually make you grow Correct. and i mean i think that's that's huge we got to make mistakes we got to learn uh, we got to pretty much pay our dues to deserve knowledge and experience of course yeah 
so now coming to your uh, personal life a bit so mm-hmm. what influence did your dad and stepdad have on you like yeah. the, and the qualities that you take from each one of them yeah yeah so uh well my my parents my dad and my mom they got divorced when i was 15 so mm-hmm. before that uh of course i was living with my dad uh he he was a huge influence on me cuz um when he was younger he was a bodybuilder hmm. and so i remember looking at these pictures of him doing squats bench press looking all muscular and all ripped i was like damn that's my dad <laughs> right <laughs> as a little kid i was like wow he looks huge uh and then after that he he has always had this discipline about committing to something and you know staying with it so he will uh i don't know if i lost you there for a second but uh he he started uh running so hmm. he started participating on marathons hmm. and he was very dedicated to it like 3 4 days a week he will go and run and he hmm. will have me doing stretches with him beforehand hmm. you know uh which was kind of like the how things were done before yeah yeah um and so or just warming up he will have me doing the warm up with him or sometimes just take me on the bike so i'll go ride the bike and he will be running and so i i grew up looking at him with that dedication and that love hmm. for hmm. uh physical exercise that i in my in my mind that's the norm you know you just got to be active it's like brushing your teeth or eating every day is exercise right that's perfect because and, ch- as they say children love like children gain more from your actions than your words like when they see the parent doing it then they learn mm-hmm. saying just saying doesn't yeah. make any difference yeah yeah exactly and so i i would participated on that process where i was active always as a kid i used to play soccer pretty much every day uh in the rain it didn't matter uh so i i loved it i i've always loved physical activity mm-hmm. i think it's huge and i I've, i'm also a huge proponent of do what you love right mm. and then my stepdad when he came over uh, after my parents got divorced and everything he he also did a lot of weight training when he was younger mm. and so he taught me like proper technique on how mm. to do different lifts mm. and like how to be consistent and he will do programs and take my measurements and body composition and mm-hmm. help me out to put a plan right mm. and even nutrition um and so he he taught me how to do, lift the weights and everything and that's yeah that's kind of the influence that i got from him uh, it's just different role models but mm. they both contributed in somehow into what i am today and even like i was telling you before when i started getting into this uh, industry i started doing crossfit i wanted to go and work with personal trainers to understand mm. how they worked and just to see what their life was like because i was like um well if i want to do this I, i need to know what mm. to expect and so they were yeah my stepdad and my mom were very supportive at that time and mm. helped me out with that and okay so this is like the physical development and stuff but like on a personal level the influences that you have had from these two people mm. yeah uh so from my dad i guess discipline uh is a huge component to it 
uh, I think he's also an overachiever, which kind of passed on to me in the sense that he wants to do more, he wants to do best, and like you got to put effort to do things, right? Um, he was just a little bit more strict. <laughs> uh, like he expected a lot from me, for sure. He still does. And then my stepdad, he he was a little bit different. He's it's, it's not like he doesn't expect something from me, but he was more like do what you want or like just follow what free dreams. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. So I had these two different opposing forces coming mm. at me. I was like, wow, that's a different point of views, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what comes to mind right now. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, so so now, <clears throat> so you take the best out of both worlds. So you are strict and disciplined in the field that you are passionate about. So you take the best yeah. out of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's just take the best out of the two worlds and yeah. try to make it your own at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, that your parents had to go through a divorce when you were fifteen. Mm-hmm. so yeah. how did it affect you mentally and what thoughts and opinions does a 15 year old form after seeing what he has seen and how has it evolved till date yeah so uh i mean i love my parents uh yeah. the three of them i, I count them as yeah. three <laughs> yes yes um but of course i mean before the divorce there was there was always a lot of tension at the house. Like there were always fights. Uh, my parents would would fight for anything. Like even just going to a market was a fight mm. uh, to buy the groceries. And I don't know. I, I don't. At this point, now that I'm a grown up per se, I'm like I don't know what was going on. But they were always fighting. And so before they got divorced, they got separated at least two or three times. Uh, that I can remember where my dad will probably live for like two months, three months out of the house, or even just, he was probably just living on a separate room at the house. And I mean, that was a little bit sad as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing your parents not getting along very well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I just, I was tired. I was tired of, the conflict I was tired of tension fights and and also of course that will reflect on on my sister and I because we were the kids and so if my parents were uh, angry they were mad at each other they will also get mad at us right Mm -hmm. Uh, because they were upset then of course you're you're upset so you're gonna get upset with the kids Mm -hmm. yeah if the kids want to go somewhere and they start like doing the kid thing where they start to insist you know, you're going to get frustrated or you're already grumpy and it's just how it goes. It's kind of like a circle. Hmm. And so when they finally decided to get divorced, I was actually relieved. Uh, Hmm. I was sad, but I was relieved because I was like, finally, I think we're going to get some peace at the house. And um, it's sad, but it actually happened that way. That's that's what happened. I mean, we we felt at peace. Uh, Of course, with the divorce, some other things came like, just trying to figure out when to see my dad and like who would you spend Christmas with and who mm. to spend, th- uh, well, not Thanksgiving, but New Year's with. Mm. And so 
it, it was that's a kind of a separate thing, of course. Just yeah, what happens after the divorce? But as a kid, I was like, wow, I I just don't want my if if I ever get married, I don't want my marriage to be anything like this. I don't want to be fighting. Uh, that that was pretty much the main thing for me. I thought I thought if I get married, I will probably fail at it because I grew up seeing these things, and I might take that with me into my life with somebody else. Mm, um, and that was my main fear. And then my stepdad came over when I was a little bit older. Of course, I was an angry teenager uh, after leaving the divorce thing and everything. I, I was very resentful, uh, even though I was relieved, of course. I mean, there's all these emotions going on as a teenager who's experiencing this. And he came over and it's, I was more accepted of like, I was okay with my stepdad coming into our lives. Uh, my sister probably had a harder time with that. Uh, but after a while, he was he was completely different. Uh, we saw him really loving my mother, mm. uh, treating her very well. Mm. He's a gentleman. Um, even when I was studying for uh, some tests, I told you about one time that I was trying to learn the uh, chemistry. Chemistry, mm. I had to learn it in Spanish and in English, all mm. the elements. And I was struggling in English, so he's he's from the states, and hmm. he stayed up night, uh, up late until like two a.m., teaching me how to pronounce the different hmm. things and everything. Now I, I was like, wow, he's he's doing this for me, you yeah. know. I think he he likes me, and so yeah, it's just I I had a he came into our lives and he gave me a different point of view on how to be a husband at some at some point in my life later on. Uh, how to treat women in a different way hmm. and I think that I again I tried to put together the best of the two worlds and I never thought that I would get married young but I did <laughs> <laughs> and I found my wife and I mean I'm really really happy with her and hmm. I've been trying very hard to forget some things on the past and like just try to be the best version of myself but I never felt like I've taken, well, at least that's what I feel like. <laughs> I don't feel like I've taken the bad things that I grew up with. Mm. I've tried to change that. Like, I think even my, my grandpa at some point, he was like, Chris, you got to break the chains. He mm. was like, people think that because your dad was like this or your grandparent was like this, or the person before that was like this, that you got to follow that trend. He said, like, that's not true. That's not truth. Yeah. You got to break the chains. You got to be who you are, be someone different, um, make your own path. And so that's what I've been trying to do, man. Right. And and I love my life right now. <laughs> Even your stepdad had the kind of same life as you have had. So he understands this point of view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so even, yeah, my, my stepdad... His parents got divorced when he was young as well. And so he went through the whole thing. And when he saw what we were going through, he was very understanding of the process. He was like, I got to give you guys some space to like mm. uh, go through this. And he was just a friend. And, and later on, he became uh, a dad pretty much. Yeah. Mm. You have seen what happened in your house as a kid. So what are the things that you, like you talked about being the change 
the guy who brings a change in the family so as a person who is going to be a father in the future point of time what are the changes that you are going to make with the relationship that you are going to share with your kid so what are the things that you would avoid that you have had in the past which are like traumatic or negative and what are the things that you would definitely take from there and pass it on yeah um so i think my my parents got married pretty young i think mm-hmm. my mom was 18 my dad was mm-hmm. 21 and at that time my dad was uh starting to go to college because he uh-huh. couldn't go before that and so actually when i was born that was the day he had his first test he was going through uh he's a lawyer now so he was going through i guess law school mm-hmm. um and so he was very stressed throughout the first few years cuz he had two babies cuz my mm. sister and i were pretty pretty close in terms of like when she was born and when i was mm. born yeah um so they had two kids he was going through school he was mm. working full time and so i think for him it was just very stressful he didn't mm. have time for us really like he was so busy taking tests studying working which i respect i understand uh now that i'm older as a kid of course i wanted to play with my dad but he was not available and mm. you know that's that's just the reality of yeah how you see things at different stages of life and so for now now that i'm older i'm like okay so i know it's hard to prepare sometimes there are things that you can never be prepared for and i think like maybe having kids is something you cannot get ready for uh, you you can just hope for the best and do yes. the best you can. <laughs> um but for now it's like it's more like okay i was able to go to school and now i'm really focused on my career and same thing for my wife she's like very focused on her, her career she wants to grow on her sector on her industry i'm trying to do the same with with my industry i'm trying to learn as much as i can uh do what i can right now be a little bit more selfish and then in a couple of years when we decide to have kids mm-hmm. i hope to be at a point where we're like okay it's it's okay let's have kids let's have more time for them let's mm. really dedicate our energy like uh, you were you were talking about this also with Dr. Boland uh the emo- emotional energy just be available for the yes. family cuz yeah. like of course your focus is going to change yeah and i hope to be able to change my focus from be so career oriented mm. to like just okay family comes first Mm. I love my career but I want to dedicate time to my kids at that point. And so I don't know if it's right or it's wrong. It's just the way I'm I'm seeing it right now. I'm like yeah. right now I just want to be selfish and in a couple of years um mm. I hope to be at a point where I feel comfortable with my career and I'm ready to have kids. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that that's actually a good perspective because everyone has their own experiences to look back on and everyone has their own uh, present scenarios that he, he or she has to deal with and out of all this like what is the best option go for that yeah and like you're saying i mean it's it's hard like maybe somebody's listening and it'll be like i don't know this guy might be wrong or he might be right who knows 
because uh, at the end of the day, I think it's so hard mm. to see others, others people' perspective yes. unless you are on his or her shoes yes. to have experienced what they experienced. Correct. And yeah, I mean, sometimes the best we can do is just try to be as understanding as we can, yes. uh, and realize that we all have different paths and that have led to where we are. So now it's the rapid fire round or the fractal oh. fire round. Oh man. <laughs> okay. One skill that you that you want to improve on in Class. personal in personal as well as professional life. Oh, okay. Mm. Personal and professional life. Um, this was supposed to be a rapid fire question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no, this is, this is a hard one, man. You got me good on this one. Both personal and professional skills that I want to improve. Let's say, uh, I'm in a block. <laughs> Skill that I want to Let's say communication. Both sides. Communication is there. Yeah, on both sides. Okay. Like, yeah, communication. Final one, answer. One book, one movie, one person. The most influential from each category in your life. Hmm. Uh, book, I'll say that it's Sell or Be Sold hmm. by Grant Cardone. Um, person and say it's my grandpa uh, my grandfather hmm. and then the other one was a movie hmm. like benjamin button hmm. benjamin yeah. button yeah one hmm. incident in life that changed your entire perspective at looking at life um okay i'll have to explain it but uh when I was driving, uh, when I was a delivery driver at mm. some point uh, mm. for Pizza Hut, uh, one time I experienced racist, uh, racism, uh, racism yeah. Mm. yeah, and it was harsh at the moment, but it just opened my mind to being more, more mindful about how respectful you got to be to other cultures and mm. different backgrounds. Mm. And it just made me more aware of it. Because uh, even in Costa Rica, there there is still racism to other people in other countries. And same thing here in the States. And I think mm. it's everywhere, to be honest. Yeah. And so after, after experiencing that, I was mm. like, wow, I've never felt this bad in my life. Mm. I need to be very mindful and very respectful of other people's cultures. Correct. Correct. And... Your biggest fear? Oh, my biggest fear. It's uh, it's not accomplishing my goals. Your most prized possession? My family. Your definition of success and happiness? Success and happiness. <laughs> uh, success is doing what you love. Until the day that you, lie, that you die, pretty mm. much. Mm. Same thing for happiness. 
nice and describe life in one word joy joy okay describe love like how do you define it? love um caring hmm caring for people taking care of them the most important thing in a relationship trust okay so that's the end of the rapid fire round you did great and before <laughs> you, it was a it was a slow one <laughs> and be, and before i let you go there are two final questions for you so the first question is as an industry senior what would you advise to someone like me hmm. i mean uh, i'll say be humble yeah wherever you are no matter how much experience you think you have Hmm. there is always something out there hmm. that can also get results that is also truth for somebody else yes and you got to be respectful of what other people's opinions are and just be humble be willing to listen because other people might be right as well and you can always learn from someone else and that's mostly it just be open minded respectful be humble and look for yeah, keep learning that's that's the key i think that's the key yes yes definitely definitely and till date what are your major life learnings and how do you intend to move on from here yeah so i was recently reading a book and i honestly can't remember where i got this from but he was saying that what if the only purpose of living is just to live Hmm. right sometimes we are like so occupied thinking of on what our purpose in life should be hmm. but what if our, our only purpose is to live right <laughs> like and animals so you, yeah but if you think about it life is full of beautiful things like being surrounded by the family yeah. people that you love yeah. having friends having great conversations uh doing what you love hmm achieving whatever success means to you so that opens the door to so many opportunities yes if you just think of life as live it the best the best way you can then really you don't have a limit on the things that you can accomplish and so that for me is it's huge right i just want to live the best version of my life that i can mm. yeah. with the with the people that i love with the people that i trust and continue helping others and that's really right now my only my only goal my that's what i will define success at um and then uh something else that i was recently reading like i was telling you this book sell or be sold hmm. you might be wondering like why why am i talking about a sales book versus a physiology book <laughs> uh but the truth is communication communication yeah. is, is key and you got to learn how to sell yourself and how yes. to sell your services and what you do hmm. and if you really trust that you're doing your best to improve yourself as a coach in our case right or in the in this industry and like you believe that you can help people then you got to learn how to sell yourself because you know you're the best option they have yes and and so communication being able to tell people hey i can help you because I'm doing my best to improve myself every day to read to learn from others I can help you you know and so that's huge 
And yeah. that's kind of off topic from the other, no, 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 other no, thing no. I was mentioning. But, very much needed. Uh, very much needed. You have to be technically yeah. sound. You have to be uh, sound in other aspects of life as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so communication. Yeah. Sales. Learn to sell yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was a fantastic chat. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. And we, I hope to catch up with you soon again. Thank you, man. Same here. Same here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as Chris and I did. I thank you for your time. Feel free to reach out to both of us on Instagram. Our profile IDs are shared in the episode description. See you later and have a great day.